the grain. Looking at big ideas through the lens of small communities. A podcast where arts, culture, and the human experience intersect. Tackling serious topics through fun perspectives. Seeking the grain of truth. Hello, hello, Grain family. We are back again today. We have a brand new episode today with Miss Tracy Oakman. And before we get to that, Darian, how are you? I'm good. Good to have you back, Jody. We miss you. We miss you. I know. I had a last minute uh, something come up last time before we were supposed to record. So just keep things moving along. It made sense for you to do that episode on your own, but I am back. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to meet our guest. Would you please introduce for me? Well, Grain family, I am about to introduce to you one of my family. We've known each other for 30 plus years now. Um, it's a funny story how we met each other. She's a beautiful human being with her own funny story and her own, I think, interesting endeavors. She's um involved in right now. I give to you none other, the one and only Tracy Oakman. And the crowd goes wild. Hey, Grain family. Hey, Darian. Hey, we're glad to have you here. You've listened to a few of these before. You know how we get done. We just like to talk. We like to talk about things that are important to people on the ground. We don't uh, profess to know everything. Um, we don't profess to maybe even solve every problem, but we like to have a good conversation and we like to hopefully leave people with a good feeling without pandering. So having said all that, let's get straight to your origin. We like to get to origin stories. Tracy Oakman, who is she? Who are you, Tracy Oakman? Where are you from? I am Tracy Oakman. First, I want to give honor to God. I always have to give honor to him. I'm from New York City. Um, I came to Columbia, South Carolina in 1991 after having a set of twins. And it was always my um, goal to go to school. So my mom kind of hung on to my babies. They were babies then. So I can come to South Carolina to go to school. And that kind of derailed after leaving New York and being sheltered all my life because I'm the youngest of seven. So I came to Columbia and lost my mind. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You get ahead of the story. First, <laughs> specifically, where in New York are you from? You always love to say that. Where are you from in New York? Frack City. I'm from Queens, New York. Left Frack City. Mm-hmm. When you lost your mind, give us some details. Surely a, a young, industrious young lady from New York City would come to Columbia, South, little old Columbia, South Carolina, with the necessary discipline. What happened? No, I just, when I say lost my mind, I mean that in a, in a great way. I was, well, I was sheltered. Like I said, I was the youngest of seven. I have a twin sister. So when I came to Columbia, it was like, wow, I had a car. I had my own apartment. So it was like, you know, I was in, it felt like I was in New York coming to Columbia after being sheltered all my life. I grew up mm-hmm. in church and um, I thank God for that. But, you know, I just came here and I just had fun. And my mom just kind of, stopped me in my tracks and I ended up getting my twins back and raising them here. I didn't want to go back to New York. I wanted to stay here with them. And um, I came, they came to Columbia and it kind of took off from there. I raised my kids here. That's when I met Darian. I strong armed him Jody into um, 
being my children's mentor. Why don't you tell the truth? Why don't you tell the truth what happened? You want me to expose you? You want me to tell Jody the real you story? Can, I'm proud of that story. Thank you very much. That was a great, that, that was great that that happened. So Jody, let me tell you how we met. Okay. I used to work with Richland Library and one of my duties, I worked in a children's room. And one of my duties was I did story times. So Tracy and the twins, Shane and Cheyenne, shout out to Shane and Cheyenne. Zaya, we're going to get to you. Um, they attended my story time and they were little then. They were like, what, two? Yeah, they were two. They were two. So, you know, we have a story time is a good time. I mean, we're reading books, we're singing songs, uh, we're doing finger plays. It's a party. Saturday morning, 1030, there are kids all over the place. There's parents. It's a good time. It's a party. So after story time, no, no, I, I, it was some, I, I, had, I had to leave the room real quick to do something, I think. And so as I'm walking back to get in story time, this woman approaches me and goes, uh, excuse me, excuse me, sir, sir, excuse me. All this New York attitude. I'm like, who is this? Um, I want you to be a mentor to my son. And I, and I was like, first, who are you? <laughs> oh, and I the didn't. rest, as they say, is history. 30 plus years later, I can't shake her. Right. He cannot get rid of me, Jody. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. What did you mean when you said mentor? In, in what way? Like in... In the arts, or just be, you know, active and and part of your lives and be around. I'm I'm very familiar with how amazing story times can be, you know. And I also love the library. And probably the best thing about the library, honestly, is it's one of the few places that you can go where you are not expected to buy. <laughs> yes. you know and so if you are especially if you're a young mom or even not a so young mom but just with two-year-old twins yeah like I can see why that would be a place where you would want to be a lot just because it's something entertaining it keeps the kids happy and you don't have to spend a lot of money for that enrichment but what what were you looking for what were you thinking when you said that well what I was thinking was I mean, I just like the way Darian McLeod was like. Why you say just, my full name like that? Why you say my full name? <laughs> I mean, just just because, just just the way he is, like he's magical to me, and I, I saw that straight off. Like I read people very well, and I just love the way he was in story time. I love the way he was as a person, and just his energy was amazing to me. And me being a single mom, I just knew that. That was it. I needed him to be a part of my son's life. And um, I, it was no saying no. Like, I just had to ask. And he was upset with my delivery, of course. But we got past it. He understood what I was Delivery? It wasn't even a question. You just came up and just told me. Well, Darian. I didn't even I, know who you were. I was like, I'm, who is this lady? Right. Now we can look back and laugh at it. But I was like, look, you're going to be my son's mentor. <laughs> Where do you live? Because I'm going to drop him off every Saturday. And he's going to hang out with you because I need you to be a part of his life. It's just Darian. You're amazing. So I'm glad you did not. No, it's cool because actually Shane, who is Tracy's son and Cheyenne, both of them are amazing. And it's been real fun watching them grow up. And they have a younger brother, Messiah. 
watching the three of them grow up is it was it was a lot of fun and we really did become we're family we're family now we're family there's no mentor friends or whatever you know we're we're family we're family we we've you know 30 years is a long time a lot of things happen good and bad right. over 30 years but so and we've you know we've stuck with each other there have been times when we tried to kill each other now don't get right. that wrong that's, the, I mean, that's the whole part of like a true friendship. It's like, you're not going to like everything about the person. Can I mention that Darian was nice enough, like in my choices in life, like, like Darian is consider him like a brother, best friend, just everything. And he actually was there for the birth of my son, like, because my son's father bailed out on me. The youngest I, son. My youngest son, Messiah. Darian calls him Messiah because I spell it with two Z's, but it's that's really that's how it's pronounced, Messiah. Darian gave him his middle name, you know, Ellison. So um, they're really close. But Darian literally read him his first story in the hospital when he was born. Darian actually saw me push my son out. So I'm forever grateful to you, Darian McLeod. You are so amazing to me. Thank you so much, but. This is about you, Tracy Oakman. Tell us about you. Well, okay, so that's the the beginning of my story. So I kind of, things kind of spiraled out of control for me. And um, I used to be like ashamed of my story, but, you know, I'm in the position now where I'm ready to be transparent with my story because I know how it can help so many people, women and children in particular. And I just ended up, you know, because of my situation, you know, I was abused as a child, sexually abused as a child by my cousin for many years. And I never told my mom. I didn't tell my mom until I was like 40 years old at my 40th birthday party, believe it or not. So, you know, that alone, just battling that trauma alone by myself, because I'm always looked at as the strong one, always had, you know, put on the superhero cape and be the strong one. But deep down inside, it was really hard, you know. And when things started finally spiraling out of control, you know, it got really tough for me. I was in a relationship with my son's father, who was a narcissist. And I didn't know what it was then. I just knew that I loved him. You know, even Darian, from the day I met my son's father, I told Darian the story about how we met. Darian's like, Juan, did you give him his number? And I never listened to Darian. Darian was so mad at me. But um, <laughs> I, I wanna... was, uh, yeah. From the, <laughs> from the day, the night she met him, Jody, she came. We were hanging yeah. out the next day. And I was like, we said, what? <laughs> I can't even tell you my response. Right, because Darian. the grain is a family show. It's a family show. It can be real tough though when somebody you care about, you see them with some with with somebody who's harmful or hurtful or just not the right person. It's like you want to be supportive of your friend, but at the same time, it's like you know precisely boundaries. Yeah, and it was that it was that tough spot. You know, like you said, um, respecting boundaries, but also trying to look out for somebody who you love. You know, go ahead, Tracy. I'm sorry, keep. I didn't listen to Darian. And and to be honest with you, like, I don't regret it because that situation made me the person I am now today. So I don't regret anything that happened to me. You know, I just look at what's happening to me right now. I don't look at what happened to me. I'm looking at and focused on what's happening to me from it. So it's a beautiful thing, you know. So just being in that situation and one thing led to another, um, you know, suicidal thoughts drug abuse, 
I mean, it was just places that I never thought that I would ever meet. The strong Tracy Oakman, the brave, like the powerful one. I never thought I would end up in those situations. But one thing for sure is that I always, always had faith in God. Even when, you know, I hit rock bottom, I always knew that I was going to be free one day. And when I finally did become free, and when I say free is when I started to love myself, which is when I started going to sister circles. I mean, I'm missing a huge, skipping a huge part of the story because I can go on and on and on about the trauma, but I want to focus on the triumph, like where I'm at now. So when I started to finally get myself together and finally start to realize it's from going to the circles. Share with, because there might be somebody out there who needs to hear what a sister circle is to find a sister circle. Tell us what a sister circle is. Okay, a sister circle is, it's just a bunch of women. Um, Blessings, um, Queen Akua, Divine, she's on um, Beltline. She owns a store called Avatar. And I walked into that store and I don't even know why. Well, I know why I walked in that store. It was definitely Divine. I walked into the store and just kind of lost. This is when I still was with in that um, relationship with my son's father. Um, I walked in there and I was just lost and I was still working. I was still putting on the, putting on the facade, like everything was okay. You know, still just hanging on by a thread. And I walked in there and she read me like a card and she just began talking to me and she invited me to the sister circle. And a sister circle basically is just a bunch of women that get together. You sit down and you know, you just talk and have that support system. And I never had that before. I never was able to go into a place and sit down and just say, well, this is wrong and that's wrong. And, and, you know, I just feel like I want to kill myself and yeah, I'm using drugs and yeah, I'm just trying to cope and I can't deal with any, I was never able to do that because I had nobody to tell that to. Like people saw, I know you saw Darian, you saw me a couple of times. I was like, what is going on? But I, I I don't think you really knew how to approach me because that's a hard pill to swallow for most people, especially if it's somebody that you look up to and you love and you don't know what's going on. So there is where I was able to, you know, spill the beans and say this is that and the other. And I was able to get the help that I needed. And it was just through support, like I said, um, affirmations, um, no witchcraft. Like a lot of people associate sister circles with witchcrafts and rituals and, you know, stuff like, but it's none of that stuff, you know, and I grew up in the church and to me, in my mind, like the church is where like the sisters at the church are the ones that should kind of catch you when you fall. But those are the ones that kind of was like, Oh, look at her, you know, talking, you know, the one that's like talking down about you, not really trying to, you know, make sure you're okay judgmental in that way like you know what I'm yeah judgmental and just kind of like you know what I'm saying and it's hard like somebody like me that that people kind of and I'm not bragging on myself or whatever or you know people kind of like hold you up you know what I'm saying hi and can we stop there for a second because I think you've left out a good bit of your history that kind of colors what you're talking about now um share with us I know these stories but share with us like I call Tracy the kid whisperer. Like <laughs> she has just this almost magical affinity, especially young children, you know, babies and stuff. And over the years, you've run more, you've worked in a lot of situations with young children. Um, even though you have limited formal training, 
you wound up being a trainer at times and you've had your own day. So talk to us a little bit about that. You are your own businesswoman. Um, you've had your stumbles and falls, but you were also your own businesswoman years ago. Talk yes, to us I, a little bit about that. Um, yes, I owned and operated my own daycare for 12 years. Um, I did that. It was called Odessa's Love School. I named it after my mom, who also had her own home daycare where I grew up at in Lefrak City. So I give honor to my mom because I watched her. And what I have is not, it's a gift. It's like my purpose. And I always knew that from a little girl working with kids. It's like, like you said, the, the kid whisperer. Like I always knew that I was going to be a teacher. That's all I ever wanted to be was a teacher. So my um, passion comes from God. You know, I just feel like I'm anointed to do what I do. So I did have my daycare for 12 years. Um, I did start small. Like when I say small, like our toys in my backyard for my kids when I first started my daycare was actually a, you know, a, a bin with a rope on it. You know, our basketball goal was a bin. And, we, you know, until I was able to grow and I got grant money from Richland County First Steps and I was able to grow my program. I did a pre-Montessori program because I am Montessori trained. So I did a pre-Montessori program and things started looking up. And that's when I met my demise as far as, you know, just falling on the wrong side of the, the scale. You know, I just, just, it just caught up to me. So that ended up closing down. I ended up moving back to New York. Well, I got into a really bad car accident and I ended up moving back to New York. And from then... Until now, I'm still picking up the pieces from that, from closing down and, you know, things. When I say spiral out of control, that's part of the issue um, from when I had the daycare to closing down. And, you know, I still was able to walk in my purpose. I still was able to go into any school. People would hire me off the streets, like just from just seeing my passion and seeing my energy with kids. So I always had that. That was never a problem. Can I speak to that real quick, Tracy? Can I... Um let the Green family in on that, because I got to watch this over the years. And one of the amazing things, you know, children um, and educators, teachers and families, and there's always a, a, a great bond, but Tracy struck bonds with her kids. They're still in her life now, years later, 20, 20 plus years later, those kids have, you know, moved on and graduated high school and college and they're still a part of her life, a good part, a good portion of them. Talk to, speak to that, Tracy, speak, speak to that. Let our audience know a little bit about that. I'm very, very proud. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I'm very, very proud. I had two of my, um, I don't want to say faves, oh my goodness, but they were kind of sort of, sort of, yeah, they were my faves. Get graduated from Clemson um, this year. They graduated um, in the engineering program, Katrina McFadden and Eddie. So I'm so proud of that. And then also, um, I had three of my students graduate from high school, which makes me so old and they're all doing so, so well. I'm so proud of that because it's like each child's life that I touch, like, I mean, they're doing, doing amazing. So I'm super proud of that. I'm super proud that the parents stay in touch and they stay in touch. Katrina came and spoke at, um, one of the functions I did with the program I'm doing now. And she actually had the little T-shirt that I used to have that I had for them back then. She pulled it out her pocket. The Odessa's Love T-shirts. She pulled it out, and I just just went up in tears because here she is graduating from 
Clemson University in the engineering program. So I'm like, wow, we sh-. so that just made me so proud. So Tracy Oakman, yeah. I always have to call her by her full name. Um, you made a mention about what you're doing now. So talk about that. What are you doing now? You talked about how you used to have Odessa's love and your affinity for children, especially young children, and the struggles, some of the struggles that you've had and some of the things you've lost, honestly. And um, But all that has led you to a moment right now in your life where you're doing something I think it's kind of amazing. Why don't you share what that is with the Grain family? All right. So right now I'm doing a program called Princess Empowerment. It is an art-infused program. Thank you, Darian McLeod. Um, I'm so proud of it. Um, And I basically started the program last year. August will be our first year. I can't believe it went by so quickly. I started the program because... After moving back to New York and coming back to Columbia, I needed work. So I went back to my old job and it was the summertime and the director there, shouts out to Miss Nichols, shouts out to Pastor Graham, shouts out to, to the staff there. Um, I went back and she hired me as the summer school coordinator. So she looked out for me and um, I basically created lesson plans for the summer program and When I went around to all the classes to work with the children, I noticed that in the kindergarten classroom, the kids were so, especially the girls, they were so like catty with each other, so mean to each other. And it just broke my heart because here I am trying to heal myself. And I see these little girls, you know, five and six and five and four year old little girls just like just being so mean to each other and not really loving themselves. You just saw that just the way they presented themselves. So I asked her, can I start what a sister circle was for me, start that with them. And she let me do it in the library. And I went and I did the same exact things we did. I would bring my nice cover with the flowers and the candle. We would do a prayer meditation, um, scripture, affirmations, um, I taught them about mindfulness. We talked about mindful eating, you know, just being kind to each other and loving each other and just, just being, you know, just being at peace with themselves. It was like, they didn't have peace. A lot of these kids are like really raising themselves. And after COVID, I mean, that was a hard deal itself because kids were literally at home on the tablets and on the computer all day long. So coming back to school, it was a whole challenge of like, who am I? What am I? So that's how Princess Empowerment started. And I would let other, um, get other people to come in and do different workshops. Uh, We focused on um, etiquette. We focused on um, self-care. We focused on, um, Darian even came and did a workshop with art. Art is one of the um, big factors in my program. Um, He did print a print shop um, making workshop. Um, we also do a thing called the ILAC, which stands for I am lovable and capable. And that's at the beginning of the workshop. That's something that I do with them. And they look so forward to it. As soon as we hit the Duke Avenue now, which is where we're at. Thank you, Darian McLeod. Um, everybody gets a paper or a paper plate and we color and decorate it. And then after we finish doing our scripture, our prayer and, um, our affirmations, we'll sit around and we'll talk about our week, you know, what happened in our week. If the group is large, we'll separate into small groups 
And um, we just talk about things that happen to us in the week. And that's where everybody gets to be transparent. And that's why no parents are involved or allowed to, I'm, I'm not going to say not allowed to come, but I like for them not to come. So the kids can be transparent about their week. You know, they'll say stuff like, oh, you know, I'm mad at my mom for X, Y, Z, and we'll rip it, rip the eyelac, the paper or the plate, you know, and by the time we're done ripping it up, you know, we have pieces of it and I'll have the tape. If it's a large group, they'll have their own tape and they'll tape it back together after they problem solve ways they can fix the problem. And the whole thing for that is like, even though we had this beautiful picture that you put on the plate or the paper, you know, even though you had situations, you know, come about when you tape it back, it still has purpose. We're still lovable and capable. And that's where I'm at in my life. I had so many things happen to me, but I'm still lovable and capable. And that's my purpose right now is to let these girls know that things are going to happen and we're still lovable and capable. We can breathe through it. You know, we can meditate. We can just, you know, think about what's going on and not let it get the best of us. You can be angry, but you don't have to stay angry. You know, hold happiness closer to you. Have an attitude of gratitude. So it's things like that that I'm teaching. I like girls. that. Hold happiness closer. Both of you. Like you can be mad. Like I have this book. It's called um um shouts out to Valisa Palmer. I love her so much. She gifted me with the book. It's called The Little Spot of Emotions. And I'm using it now with my campers. Um, and it's little balls, and they have the different um balls. One is for um anger, anxiety. It's a peaceful this ball, happiness, sadness, confidence, love. And one is a scribble of emotion when you feel in all the feels. So we're going to feel that. I don't like when people try to make even me think like I'm okay. No, I'm not okay sometimes. And it's okay. I'm not okay. Okay. So what do I need to do when I'm not okay? I can breathe. I can work through it. It doesn't mean I have to fall apart. You know what I mean? So whatever it takes for me to get back to where I need to be, peaceful, happy, you know, love, loving, whatever it is, confident. Those are the feelings that I want to hold close to me. You know what I'm saying? Just don't X everything out. So it's been working so far. Whatever works for me, I introduce it to the girls and not just implement it in everything I do. And trust me, it is working for me so much and it's working for them. Well, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What, what age um, young ladies are you working with? Like who's What's the youngest young lady you have and who is the, what's the oldest young lady, age of the oldest young lady? So typically I wanted to just do like five to four, five to um, preschool, not preschool, but pre-K to um, third grade, which is 10. But I ended up getting older kids, which are, which you mentioned before. One of the little girls or two of the little girls that were in my daycare who are now 12 years old. They they serve as ambassadors, so they work the program with me. And um, the youngest one now is three. So I kind of stopped doing age. Like if you're mature enough and you need me, bring them. That that's how I see it because it's, age doesn't really matter. It's your maturity level and is what you need. Well, and how mature can a three year old be though? I mean, you'd be surprised, Darian. You'd be okay. surprised. And you've seen some of my little three-year-old princesses. I've seen your kids. Yeah, they are kind of amazing. You know, so I don't really like to say age. Like, I wouldn't take, like, a one-year-old. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how it, but it just depends on their experience and what they need. You know what I'm saying? Our Montessori philosophy is not like traditionally we say ages, but you never know what what a three year old may have experienced or how this program can help them because of what they've gone through so far in life at three. You'd be surprised. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Yep. So that's where I'm at now. And right now I'm doing the camp program. Um, I left my job. Thank you, Jesus, in a good way, because, no, I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I love being a teacher. I was a a teacher at St. John's um, Preparatory School, and I taught there for three years before I left to move, go back to New York. And that's where I came back to when I started Princess Empowerment. But they allowed me to come back. I'll be able to go back in the fall. They let me leave and do my summer camp. So I thank God that I was able to step out on faith. When I say faith, y'all, faith. <laughs> right now I have three kids in, in my summer camp program. I'm like, oh Lord, how is this going to work? But I trust you, God. This is what you want me to do. I know it is. So right now I'm in a position where, you know, I can use a lot of funding. Turn parents down today. I have two princess empowerment students who need summer camp. Mm-hmm. You can't just let people come for free because I can't, I can't afford to do that because I, if I get more kids, then I would have to have people come help me work it. And I can't afford to pay people to work it. It's kind of hard. It breaks my heart that I had to turn that parent down because I was like, well, what can you come up with? And, you know, she was very honest. Like, she's not working. And she's like, I guess I'll just keep them on with me. It broke my heart because it's like, dang, I really want them to be there. But in order for me to have more kids, I have to have more help and, you know, it, the supplies you know, the field trip, yeah. I would have to pay somebody to help. So where, 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 I know it's going to work out, but this is where I'm at right now with Princess Empowerment and with well, the self-enrichment program. Jody and I have talked on the grain before about situations like this, like really good situations in the community that are struggling for resources and funding and, and support. And one of the things I found, um, I think both of you probably have, um, something to say about this, but one of the things I found is the work that usually falls traditionally under what we call the nonprofit arms. And to me, that means usually that's work that serves people. It's not about making money; it's about serving people. But those are the ones that are the most, you know, strapped for cash, the most challenged in resources. And people always have, I think, the expectations of people are different too. They think somehow that if you're doing good work that you could and should do it for no to minimal. It should be free. And I, I think we all would love it if it, but the reality is, you know, snacks aren't free. Have books to bring in um, professionals from other walks of life to model for, you know, to even to shuttle the children on a field trip to you know, right. to get them to museums and libraries, that's gas. You know, it's just like any other endeavor. It's the United States of America and nothing is free, unfortunately. Right. And right. it's hard. And especially because you, a lot of your, your um, like you just said, you're working with a, a parent who really can't afford, because I think your prices are crazy low, but we're not here to talk about that. But who can't even afford, you know, these reduced prices. Right. And a lot of times those are families that need someone like you the most. Right. You know, it's heartbreaking. But again, I mean, 
I have so much faith in God and I know that it's going to happen. And I stand on that flat footed head up. I stand strong. I don't care how it looks. I'll eat oodles and noodles every night <laughs> just until it happens. You know what I'm saying? I'll ride with my gaslight on because I have that much faith because I know this is my purpose and I know it's it can happen and it will happen. So I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Gratitude is my attitude. That's one of the slogans that we use with the girls. I use that strong, like no matter how it seems, like you always have a attitude of gratitude because the reality is it could be worse, bottom line. You know what I mean? So, and the more gratitude you hold in your heart, the more happier you'll be. And I'm not just saying that because it sounds good. I'm saying that because that that's the life I'm walking right now. Gratitude. And things are just, you know, coming in my way. We were just in a movie. Thank you, Darian McLeod. So, um, you know, just great things are really happening. I meet great people who want to come. I just did a workshop with um, Wilma. What's Wilma's last name? King. Wilma King. Like in... Um, Wilma Ruth King. Wilma Ruth King. She's she's a um, local artist here in Columbia. And we went to St. Peter's Church and looked at the different... Um, art, the art. We did the, um, it was called the garden walk. And we just walked the garden and we looked at the different art there, stained glass art. And she was amazed by all the things that they were telling her. And, you know, nine out of 10 at the times, they don't get that kind of exposure. You know what I'm saying? On a Saturday morning when it's cool, you know, they get the tablets, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, they're in different situations where, you know, they're on their own. You know what I'm saying? So I'm grateful that I'm in a position to say, okay, let's get up and go do it with the families. And I was proud of that. That was um, maybe the second time I did like a family event like that. And then I let the parents drop the kids off at Duke Avenue and Wilma stayed and we did um, artwork on glass. It's just stuff like that. And they loved it. They poured in. It was just so amazing. You know, and then they stayed and I got to hang out with them. So it was just stuff like that that makes my heart glad, like to know that, you know, making those memories for them and showing them new and different things. So I'm just grateful, super grateful. Hearing about your program is it sounds like so much of what you do are are the things that teachers wish they had time for in a traditional, you know, academic classroom. But the way public education is now, there's so many pressures on teachers to get the curriculum in and teach the content because there's testing and it's high stakes and and they don't have the time to do that social emotional component. Right. And, and kids are, they need it. They're really struggling, especially girls. Um, you know, and so having those interpersonal relationships and learning how to navigate all of that uh, is so valuable. And hopefully these girls will grow into young women who have these skills and can, you know, teach them to other people later on. Yes, that, those are good points. And that, that is definitely my hope that they will be able to share it with other people, teach it to their children, their grandchildren. That, it's, that it doesn't stop here. The book doesn't start, stop here. That they will always remember these things that are instilled in them and just keep it with them forever and ever and ever. So, yes. And it can be done. Um, I mentioned Katrina McFadden, and that was one of the main things that she mentioned 
when she spoke at the banquet um, last year, she said that she will never forget. That's one of the things that she remembered more than the ABCs and the one, two, threes, the, the kindness that she, that was taught to her, that she was taught to be kind and what it meant to be kind. And that's what they need to learn. So I'm, I'm grateful, grateful, gratitude, gratitude. Holding that happiness close, man. Holding that happiness close. Close. Let that others let it go. We went to 701. We went to 701. I don't know who the young lady is, but she has a picture up when you're first walking in. And there's a picture of her. She's sitting holding a cat and she's just sobbing, holding her cat. And for some reason, that caught the girl's eye. And I just watch them. I like to watch them. I don't like to be all in their business. I, I like to I am in a business, but on the low key, I'm just like listening to what they talking about. So I was watching them and they just, all three of them, um, they stopped and they looked and then, and then they was just looking at it. And then the second picture of the young lady, um, she's like calming down in the picture, like calming herself down. And then the third picture is a picture of the, she's sitting in the chair and all of those pictures I should have added. And then the third picture, she's not in the chair anymore. So one of the girls finally said, oh, she just let it go. She let it go. She let it go. Let it go. You got to hold that happiness close, man. You cannot let nothing tear you down. You cannot. And you can, and that can easily happen to people. I know a lot of people who are stuck. Like I was stuck, like literally stuck. Me, big, strong Tracy Oakman and hiding it. Do you imagine how hard, hard that is? to like be strong in front of everybody and then go home and cry yourself to sleep. That's tough. So that's why I have to give back. I have to, I have to, I have to redeem my time and and let my purpose just work for me right now. I'm not going to stop. People say, are you tired? You doing, you always on Facebook. You're always doing something. So I'm not tired. Nope. I'm not going to never stop. I'm going to keep going. So Tracy Oakman, we are creeping up on about the times that we usually break down, about around an hour. So um, before we get out of here, I got a question for you. Well, I have a couple of questions for you. First, is there anything you would like to share with our grain audience that you haven't shared yet? Like you think, oh, I should have told them this or I should have talked about this or... Anything that I have And it's okay if you haven't. It's okay if you haven't. I just want to process what you're saying to me for a minute. Give me a second. Um, okay, one of the most in, most important things that I have not shared yet, um, I guess, is don't let don't let your faith fail you. Like, I will never let my I've always had faith, but I I let it fail me. Like, I stop believing, and that's not a good way to be. Like, you always have to like have that faith and know that. Because I always knew that I was a beautiful person. I always knew that I have a, I had a purpose, but I let that, I, I failed, I failed it because I was looking at everything bad around me, everything bad around me. And we cannot let that happen to us. We have to be able to know bad things are going to happen to us. And, and that's just a part of the process. That's a part of the process. Nothing is easy. Nothing is perfect. But again, don't hold that close to you. Don't hold it close to you where it tears you down to tiny little pieces. And sometimes, like in my case, now that I'm growing and I'm learning, I know that that's the part of me that helped me the most. Me being like at rock bottom, at ground zero. 
like me experiencing things I never thought in my life I would ever experience. Those are the things that I know now without a shadow of doubt is what helped me be the person I am now and continue and will continue to be. That's that's one of the things that I would like. Don't let your faith fail you. Just just be strong. And, and even if you don't, if even if you're not strong, like, you know, just don't stay down. Like you got to get up. You got to get up. Some people can't get up, but you got to get up. You got to fight. For the Grain family that out there and heard about Princess Empowerment and the great job you're doing there and say they wanted to contact you to either um, enroll a child or maybe even donate or whatever or share information, whatever. How can how can we contact you? How can we contact Princess Empowerment? Um, I do have a website. It's www.princessempowerment.com. Um, and my email address is Tracy Oakman, the number five at gmail.com. Spell that for us, please. T-R-A-C-E-Y-O-A-K-M-A-N, the number five at gmail.com. But I, I really like, I'm not a, um, a techie person, so I rather... You know, just getting a call, 803-881-5921. And that was Stephanie and Carson who did my amazing website. Um, and I thank God for putting new and different people in my path that see my purpose that don't have a problem with just helping me because the purpose is needed and it's great. So I'm grateful to them. And also, I am on Facebook. It's Tracy Oakman, if you want to see some of the I post on Instagram um, and for the camp program slots are available. I need people like ASAP. The more people I can hire, I can make it work and it doesn't have to be such a big overhead for me. So I'm grateful for you putting that out there for me. Thank you, Darian McLeod and Jody. I appreciate you so much for this opportunity. Well, Jody, I'm holding my happy real close right now. I don't know about you. So anything you want to say before we get out of here, Jody? No, just I would I would tell folks, uh, visit that website and check out the Instagram, like see what's going on. It sounds like a fantastic program you have going on in your community and hopefully it'll it'll grow and grow and grow for you and, and really for the kids uh, and the families who need it. Thank you. I appreciate it. The episode right before this, I don't know if you're listening to it in order, Green family, but the episode right before this was with um, Dr. Aaron Bishop, and he hit me to a little saying the Messiah people um, say to each other when they are greeting, they use is, um, how are the children? Oh, wow. And you're supposed to respond. Hopefully you can respond. The children are well. Children are well. I like that. And I think that's something that makes me think about you, Tracy Elkman. How are the children? The children Darian. are well. The children are well, Darian McLeod. The children are well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Love you, man. Love, love you, Green family. Jody, tell the Green family you love them. <laughs> we love you so much, Green family. <laughs> oh, Jody. Uh, it's good to have you back, Jody. It's good to have you back. Um, thanks, Tracy, for coming and sharing, sharing your story. 
Uh, you know, I, I think there's almost nothing more powerful a person has than his story. And there's almost no more powerful act they could commit than to share it with others. So thank you for the, for doing that. Grain family, we hope you're safe. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. Know that we love you, man. Peace. We'll see y'all next time. The Grain Podcast is brought to you through a grant from the Knight Foundation in partnership with Indie Grits Labs and the lovely people of 29203. Thanks to our audio engineer, Isabel Alvarado, and our hosts, Darren McLeod and Jody Srutek. And don't forget to subscribe to The Grain for more great episodes.